Welcome everyone to the mightiest podcast in the nine realms, metas, and meets. I am Tombstone's Dead Man, and this is my fellow Avenger, Super Psy Guy. What's up? It's good, Super Psy Guy. You know, uh, caught up on the first three episodes of season two for the boys. Ooh. Dude, I'm still, like, I, I think I started watching it. My wife put it on uh, late. It was late as hell, and I had already had a full day, so I wound up falling asleep. I told myself that's okay, because I'm going to uh, carve out some time to sit there and binge on those three episodes. I have yet to do so, but the stuff that I saw in the beginning, kind of crazy. It's good so far. Obviously, some changes from the comics, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that was like the whole season one. There were changes from the comics, too, but right. the main storyline's still there, and they actually added depth to one of the characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, At least mm-hmm. for the first couple episodes that we've seen that character so far, Stormfront. Oh, okay. they've added They've added a lot of depth to the character compared to the comics version. Ah, nice. But I'm not going to go into that too much because that's spoilers and I know that show's new. Oh, yeah, like. It still has the uh, new car smell on it. <laughs> it's oh, crazy. Yeah, like, it's crazy. And they're doing that whole release an episode a week thing, except for like the first week they drop three episodes just to get you hooked. You yeah, know? pretty much. Just to get you hooked. Pretty much. It, it's, it actually was a crazy week because um, just a whole bunch of um, geekery came out, and it was kind of hard for me to decide what should I focus on. Um so the decision I wound up making was very organic. I kind of focused on the Marvel Avengers game. And um, I'm addicted. It's it just it is what it is with that. I, I am addicted to the game. Um, never have I uh, played a game where the characters were so true to um, the source material. You know, with obvious exceptions to certain things, but um, they all feel like I kind of expect those characters to feel. Everybody from Black Widow to, of course, my favorite Thor, who, I mean, I have him at level 50. Now, there's two level caps. There's a soft level cap of 130. That's the hard... No, that's the hard. That's the hard cap. But you can get that level up to 150, depending on the gear that you have, right? So, like, just at level 50, which is a, a monumental uh, 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 bookmark in the progression of your character, because they allow you to unlock some stuff. But just at level 50, I am already uber powerful. <laughs> it's ridiculous how powerful he is at level 50. And um, they, they, I, I think they managed to find a good balance because there are some villains, some some minions that you have to fight. You're not just gonna plow through some of them. Like, and I think they purposely used, you know, the super adaptoid uh, 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 technology for a lot of the minions because it's a great way to use an in-law explanation for why they're so tough. Because ordinarily, just some fucking robots, the Avengers have run through them like that's nothing. But Super Adaptoids being, you know, able to adapt to your powers, that adds some challenge to that shit. Definitely. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, 
I would say that I'm right at this point. I'm trying to level the Hulk up because when you first play as him, he doesn't really feel all that hulky. Like a little bit, he has some of the trappings, but he shouldn't be getting knocked around. He should be able to absorb more punishment than what they're giving him. He's a tank. Um, but when, from what I've been hearing, because I haven't done it yet, but from what I'm hearing, when you upgrade the character and continue to progress the character and level him up, that's when he starts to feel more hulkish. So I'm waiting to, I'm trying to build that Hulk up because as he is now, he's cool. And don't get me wrong, he has some things like uh, the healing shit. They made that an actual thing. So oh nice yeah that's it, something that you don't see shown really a lot don't. It's the fact that he has a strong healing factor right and you really don't see that a lot but with this they and they did it uh they they uh connected it to his rage right so um he has a rage meter underneath his his HP uh, meter and every strike that you hit somebody with the rage meter goes up goes up goes up goes up and if you take any punishment, you can literally hit a certain button and take from the rage meter and goes into your health. So I think I think that's extremely dope. And you get to upgrade even that mechanic to the point where it's, it becomes more efficient the more you level up. So theoretically, if you're you're familiar with the controls and you have your fighting style together, you can go through that game and survive almost anybody, you know? So that's kind of what I expect with the Hulk, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and that kind of checks out for what the Hulk does, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's dope. I'm addicted to it. Uh, SBJ is addicted to it now, too. Um, I'm happy to report that they have been releasing updates and patches. There was one, um, I believe, yesterday... And then there's there's another one today, where they're trying you know fix these bugs, the little things that make it unstable and glitchy for some players. Me, I haven't really had a shit ton of glitches. I've had my um you know, little things and the occasional crash, but that's after hours upon hours of playing the damn game, and then something might crash. Other people, from what I've seen in the Steam comments and, and discussions and stuff, particularly with the PC players, um. There are some people that have some really game-breaking bugs that, you know, it's hard to optimize for PCs. I, I, I'm sympathetic to that because everyone has a different rig and what could be causing the problem on one computer might not be the same thing that's causing the problem on the other. That said, though, uh, Square Enix is not a little company. They're not an indie company. They're a yeah. big company. Like, you guys, y'all should know better. Y'all should know better. So I have not checked out the new patch yet. Um, I haven't had a chance to um, mess with it and see what it fixed on my end. Cause I told you it really wasn't a lot on my end. But um, I'll probably do that because I have some work to do. Even after this podcast, I got more work to do. So maybe later on this evening, I'll get a chance to check it out. But hopefully, it's you know, it, 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 it clears up some of the little stuff that I have. And um, everything should be cool. Yeah, that sounds like it. They're uh, at least putting forth the effort to yeah. start fixing yeah. it. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I think I think sometimes 
Um, we we should hold these companies accountable, but I think sometimes the the um, the vitriol that I've seen on some of these dis- discussion threads about it is really unfortunate. Like I, I get you spend sixty bucks, right? So you expect a certain uh, amount of quality for the for your money, and you should. But some of the the vitriol sounds like it comes from people who are a um, feel very entitled to certain things. Two seem to have very little awareness of where we're at now in the world of gaming. Um, when I first started gaming, there was no games as service. They were all games as product. So you went and you bought the game, the whole game. When you bought it, it was no patches, it wasn't DLC, it wasn't any of that stuff. We're not there now, and market forces are different. So a lot of times the reason why these games get released, uh, maybe a little sooner than they should, is because uh, the marketing team has an idea. They're trying to have some sort of synergy with um, other things in in their company, and they figure out what they think is the best release date. And they kind of make these developers kind of stick to that. Then you got, you know, Corona this year. From what I heard, a lot of that stuff was done from home. It's not like they all were in, you know, the same building, um, you know, whatever. So that made things a little bit more difficult, too. I just think people just may maybe just need to grow up just a little bit with that, you know. I mean, Yeah, just calm down like, hey, man, we get it. Yeah. We all get it. Yeah. Let's just make sure that, you know. Keep those toxic. We give them a down. chance to fix the problem before we hang them. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I you, you can't imagine. I'm sitting now. I will say this: for all of that um, backlash that we saw in the early release, um, a lot of people like this game. Um, I think what happens is, you know, the the ones that don't or have an issue with it are the most vocal, but looking at some of the ratings and the reviews and how many people that are actually playing the game, a lot of people actually like the game. They find value in it. They just want the shit fixed. And that's where I'm at. Like, I, I just want the little bit of problems that I am having to be ironed out so I can enjoy my um, gaming experience even more. But I'm having a blast with it. The story, the content, the gameplay. I, I, this is everything I ever thought I wanted in the game about superheroes. And some things I didn't know I wanted. So, yeah, is what it is. It's all good, then. It's all good. But anyway, we got a bunch of stories today. And a topic that we feel like need to be addressed. And it's kind of along the lines of what I was talking about with the game. Um, But we'll get into that after this news. Um, I'll let you take the first one. All right. The Gotham Knights team explains why they chose Tim Drake as Robin in T's future Batman role. Hmm. For those of you who don't remember, the Gotham Knights is the DC game that came out or is coming out soon and it looks awesome. was one of the two games debuted at Fandom. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. So it starts off, when Gotham Knights debuted at Fandom, fans were excited to see Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing, and Red Hood as playable characters. Though there was initially some confusion about who the Robin in this game was. There are hints of Tim Drake and Damian Wayne in the design, but it did turn out to be 
uh, Tim Drake in the role. Mm -hmm. All of the Robins have their dedicated fan bases. So when comicbook.com recently spoke to Gotham Knights creative director, Patrick Redding, we had to ask why Drake was the one to make the cut. Redding revealed that it was always going to be Drake from the beginning stages of development in the game, and even teased his journey to, be ha uh, to perhaps become Batman one day. So Tim Drake was our Robin choice right from the start, and for reasons I'm not going to get to yet, because it does tie into the broader story arc, we will talk about that a little later, Redding had said. Tim was the right Robin to be the newest Robin for where we're at, and as well as for us. It allowed us to have a teenage Robin who is nevertheless still a physically formidable and physically credible fighter. Even though he has more of a stealth focus and a bit more focus in terms of how he's using his gadgets, which was one of Tim Drake's specialties, Thanks, all thanks. and using the tricks and detective intuition that he has, we still wanted a Robin that could credibly go through a full evolutionary arc that could end with him being the new Dark Knight of Gotham City. Interesting. So that, for us, made a lot of sense, and it's great, because if you're familiar with the lore, you know your way around the various stories about Tim Drake. It's not, like, completely unexplored territory. Mm -hmm. People have asked the question of, where's Tim going? What's he turning into? People sense that he might be a better detective than Bruce Wayne on some level. That's crazy. But he also has some of Bruce's other core idiosyncrasies as well, and that, what's that going to evolve into? Right. So for us, it's really fun narratively, and in terms of his progression, he's a character who I think about because what kind of urban legend does Tim Drake create about himself when he's on the path to knighthood? <laughs> in the comics, we've seen Drake become Batman, though that's been tied to an alternate future. Grayson is typically the one who is assumed to take on the title of Batman and has done so in the comics. But it will definitely be interesting to see how Gotham Knights approaches this journey and what it brings to the character of Tim Drake. It's oh. set to hit consoles in 2021. Oh, okay. That's closer than I thought. Well, I mean, that, that alpha looked pretty together, didn't it? That looked better yeah, than some did. betas that I've seen. You know, like... Yeah, that, that was a fairly well-done demonstration they had shown. So, I can see why they're on the way to yeah, do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind Tim Drake. Like, don't get me wrong. I do love Damien. I, I think, um, but I like him because he's so much different than the rest of the, um, the Robins, right? Like he has a whole, uh, different backstory than most of them. Um, and he's also legitimately like both his parents are alive, facts. which is <laughs> unheard of in the Batman it's universe. Old. Heard of in the Batman universe, unheard of, but yeah, like I, I, I like him. I like he has an edge, um, and he is the blood descendant of of Bruce Wayne, so that comes with it a certain authenticity, you know. But Tim Drake is is still a dope character, and I kind of agree with what they did here. They wanted to, you know, slightly older, but not too old, but. I get what they're doing. Physically formidable, because as um, skilled as Damon is, he's not—he's a kid. He's, he's a kid. twelve he's years old, right? Like, he's a little and given that Tim Drake is basically a combination of the previous three Robins, right? Right. Like 
Right. Tim, or like Damien is. Like, Tim Drake is, again, the detective of the group. He mm-hmm. is the detective tech guy. Red Hood's got that hunter mentality. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Dick Grayson is almost like the balanced, skilled tactician of the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Damien is sort of like the combination of all three of those. Like, right. he is straight up his father, yeah. but with a little more emotion attached to him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That hasn't been killed out of him at a young age yet, despite the attempts by, oh, you know, yeah. the League of Assassins oh, and yeah. everyone else. He's still very um, emotional. Um, he just wears his emotion a little different. Um, he'll beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Piss him off and he'll beat your ass. You know, um, but given how like they're doing the gameplay, it almost makes sense to run with Tim Drake. It's giving you that third main aspect of him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Because Bat Batgirl, who's in the game, was kind of a cross between like the detective mm-hmm. and the tech, as mm-hmm. well as the the skill. Yeah, but. She was never really an embodiment of Batman. Nah, she was her own. She was thing. always her own person. She, was, own she person. was almost. She's Barbara Gordon. She was more of an embodiment of her father. Facts. If her father was part of the Bat family. Less, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. taken to a slightly less than legal yeah. direction. Yeah. She she was like, if 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 uh, Jim was part of the Bat family, she's kind of like you see a lot of her father in her. Yeah. She's also the grown-up, too, um, amongst them. She seems more well-adjusted, less angsty, you know. Because she had a proper childhood. Right, well, that, yeah. <laughs> that probably has something to do with it. The, right. the rest of them were all, my parents were murdered, or criminals, or both. Right, right. I was taken in by Batman and trained how to fight and beat people up instead of actually deal with my life's trauma. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, thanks. Like, it, it, you understand how the rest of them aren't exactly well-adjusted yeah, individuals. Yeah, they're, they're a little, you know, fractured over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're a little fractured, but it's understandable. And I like the contrast with, as you said, her having, um, her having had an actual childhood and how she interacts with these wayward, uh, uh, what would I refer to? Um, island of orphans. Mi- orphans. These these island of misfit toys over here. <laughs> like, the interaction is pretty dope. So I think it's I think it's a good thing. But I am personally really looking forward to this game because, like I said, for an alpha, I clearly saw alpha build at the bottom of the screen. That thing's put together. Like it really looked, is. Like that looked real smooth. It wasn't just the the cinemagraphic yeah. aspect of the game shown to show like, yeah. oh, this is how the graphics are going to look, right. but we're not giving you any gameplay right. out of it. It's Which is what a lot of games do. Yeah, they, they show do that, the that stuff, but they don't show any of the actual gameplay. Yeah, I think they were and further it's because, like, along. They don't have the gameplay enough here. Exactly. They were further enough along. So they be, because of because of COVID, they haven't exactly been able to go out to any of these expos, so they haven't really been showing that. Instead, they're just like, let's keep working on the game, and when we do Fandom, 
Right. We're going to drop a bomb on these guys. And they did, because that shit was hella amazing. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm talking about just the game mechanics. Didn't that shit look polished to you? Shit looked very it polished. Good. Yeah, like, you know, usually when you see an alpha, there are some issues. But you expect that it's an alpha. But this, yeah. Th- th- this was an alpha build that, I mean, the mechanics-wise, it was, it was, po- listen, for some of the stuff that we saw in that, in that trailer, like it we takes saw about, what, what, 10 minutes of gameplay? 10 minutes of gameplay. And here's, here's the thing. It's not only just what the characters can do, but you're talking about the software is running the story arc as long as well as the incidentals, the cloud formations moving in the sky, lightning and shit, the appearance of wind when you see debris. That shit matters. Just as an example, on the Marvel Avengers game, on the PC version, there is a, uh, a feature, an option, where you can turn down the amount of debris that's left by the destruction of the enemies that you're um, killing. Why? Because it adds to uh, GPU. It you know, stresses out the GPU, and it adds to... A, uh, it takes from more of the resources of your computer to generate that shit and for it just to be laying there. Like, literally just laying there on the ground. So I turned mine up, all the way up, because I wanted to see how much my computer could handle. And it handled it really good, um, although I think it's because I got the, this fan um, blowing on my computer, directly on the computer, to keep it cool um, so that it's not, you know, um, getting overheated and stuff. So maybe that's why. But it worked fine. And I watched that on the um, the Gotham Knights trailer, I saw debris flying from the wind and shit, and that takes resources. And it was polished. I didn't see any stuttering. I didn't see any um, any uh, uh, graphical glitch, uh, game breaks. None of that. None of it. I think it's further along than the alpha for real. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I can't wait for that game to get, to come out. To be honest. Um, I, I'm still, I don't know if I'm going to be getting the PC version or the, um, PS5, because by then PS5 would be out. So I have, I still have to make my decision, but for the most part, I'm more of a PC gamer now than I have been, um, previously. So ask, yeah, yeah, I probably will get it on PC. There, there's very few games where if it comes out on console or PC, where I'll grab it on console. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. generally, you can do more with it on the PC. Yeah. Yeah, the only time you usually have issues with that is if it's it was ported from a console game. And then that's when you start having little um, optimization issues. But overall, I don't regret me uh, signing up for the Master Race at all. And that's the reason why I like to play all of my games at the highest settings because, you know... You can. I can, and I bought a PC game... Uh, a PC uh, gaming rig specifically to be able to do that. What would be the purpose of me having this if I couldn't, if my shit just going to look just like the console stuff, I might as well stuck with the console, you know? So, and console games usually run at like 30 frames per second or something like that. Yeah, 30 frames and it's it's not a natural 4K. It, it can right. get 4K, right. but it's not a natural 4K. So it does look different if mm-hmm. you've actually seen it in Facts. a natural okay. Facts. 
Um, like it's still higher than 1080, but it's there is a step down. Yeah, and you once you see the comparison, you go to a YouTube channel like a Digital Foundry where they do the comparisons. You can see it. You can see it. Um, but it's not to say that you know the the consoles aren't getting more advanced. They are. The games are looking better, but they still aren't running at 60. And for those of you that have never played a game running at 60, that makes a difference. Everything moves smoother. And the big thing with consoles, too, in that regard, is mm-hmm. the fact that they're designing the console to be used for the next 7 to 10 years. Facts. Facts. Whereas PC, they're putting out things you're able to upgrade that every one or two years and you can just right. open it up swap out the parts Facts. close it back up Facts. consoles you can't really do that Either. with mm-hmm. so they don't really optimize it to run at 60 frames right because games being made five years down the line mm-hmm. aren't going to be able to run on console at 60 frames facts all facts so if they optimize it to run at 60 frames then you start running into issues and you're having to put out a new console every three to four years instead of every seven to ten right right and and that um that starts digging into their r&d budget really heavy as well as other things um to have to put out a brand new system (laughs) every three years or so yeah yeah, it's not really optimal. Like, like they, they set it up where it's, it's optimal enough mm-hmm. that games they're putting out six, seven years are still visually better than the games when the system first launches. Absolutely. Like, you can still see that difference. But they're, you're not going to be able to run that at 60 frames, and you start ro- watching them at 60 frames, you yep. see that difference. You see the difference, man. I, I, just, as a, I, um, just another example... Uh, no Man's Sky. Uh, I played it on PS4. I liked it, and with all of the updates, it looks even better than it has before. And then I played it on the PC, and I saw the difference immediately. And now it's hard to go back to the PS4 version <laughs> because I've seen what it can look like, you know. <laughs> and so, and and you know, there's people that say that well, graphics shouldn't be the most important thing. No, they're not, but they do add to the immersion, and part of the reason that I play is for the escape. So if anything yeah. that breaks the immersion um, is not good for what I want to use it for, and anything that enhances it is. So, you know. And say what you will about graphics not being the most important thing, it's still a fairly important factor. I, yes. If you don't believe me, Go back and play games from... I dare you. The PlayStation 2. I dare the you. Xbox, the first Xbox. I dare you. Or dare N64 you. or GameCube. Most of those games, unless they design them with a very specific art style... Right, right, That right. sort of is done in a way where that art style doesn't necessarily age out, but all the games that are supposed to be like a realistic advanced graphics at the time, they're so bad that half the time you're like, I can't watch this. Yes. I yes, can't play this. Yes. I, I've done it. Like, I've done it with uh the Grand Theft Auto games. Like, yeah. You, I dare you to go back to Vice City. <laughs> and one of those games where I actually did enjoy it, but it's because of the way the art style is, mm-hmm. was uh Dark Cloud 2. Oh, okay, I enjoyed yeah. that game. Yeah. And they even 
I know they re-released it on PS4. I actually have it, and the graphics hold up on that mm -hmm. because of the style of art they used. It was never meant to be a high-end graphic thing, right. even though it came out on PlayStation 2. Right. It was meant to be an art style that holds well. Right. Right. So at that point, you actually can focus more on the storytelling rather than, well, let's get the graphics out of the way and <laughs> right. focus on everything else. Like, no, it was a storyline, and then they made a graphics that kind of fitted. It's, it's almost like an still... I've seen animated cartoons for kids that look worse than this, that are new. Right, right, right. Well, I have long since railed against them. How a lot of the new animation looks like they're going backwards, um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we probably no, like, I'm we'll talking like the three, some of those like three D rendered animation. Oh yeah, those yeah, things, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. Um, like I would say, it has better graphics than like Paw Patrol, for example. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like I would say, it has right, better graphics right. because of the way the art style is. Agreed. Agreed. Because the art style does matter. It's what literally yeah. would make it hold up over the years. Um, it's also why some of those old, even though I'm not a huge fan of the ne necessarily like the anime manga art style, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why games that were designed with that kind of thing hold up so well is because the art style is still very similar today right. when you're doing it in that style. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes sense. But yeah, um... As I said, I'm looking forward to Gotham Knights. I can't, I, they didn't give us an exact um, release date. They just gave us a year, so that could be any time. But I'm I'm shooting for um, at least the second quarter. That would be dope. Um, the uh, next story. New Spider-Man series to debut in January. All right, so uh, it says that um, Joe Kelly and Chris Batchelor ring in the new year with nonstop Spider-Man. So it says the pandemic didn't stop Joe Kelly and Chris Bachelot's reunion with the announced nonstop Spider-Man. It only delayed it. Originally announced for a June 2020 debut, the new ongoing series will now debut in January 2021. Nonstop Spider-Man is, for me, the best of what Marvel Comics can be. Relentless action, epic storytelling, mind-melting art, and relevant themes all grounded by the heart and soul of one of my all-time favorite characters, the Spider-Man. <laughs> Kelly said back in February when the book was originally announced, Chris and I would redline your adrenaline and shatter your hearts, giggling the whole time. Please sign your waivers and gather your safety gear of choice <laughs> before issue one comes out. I truly can't wait for this. Buckle up, Tigers. That's a hell, that's a hell of a sale. Sales pitch right there. Um, Kelly and Bachelo have a long history together, some of it with Spider-Man. They first worked together in 1998 for Uncanny X-Men. Then the duo reteamed on the creator-owned series Steampunk for DC Wildstorm. Then, after each having individual runs with Spider-Man, the two reunited again in 2008 and 2009 during Amazing Spider-Man's brand new day era. Bachelor calls Spider-Man his favorite character to draw ever, and Joe Kelly his favorite writer to work with, so it's a perfect match. I get asked why I draw comics, and I reply that I like telling stories, fast stories, 
Bachelor says in a new announcement. As the name implies, non-stop Spider-Man, starting with panel one, is a breakneck, furious-paced Spider-Man story with the purpose to break ankles and knees and then leave you wanting more. Non-stop Spider-Man issue one is scheduled to go on sale this June. Uh, this June? So is it? Did they delay this? Oh, that was... The- yeah, I remember. It was originally supposed to be out this June and ah, got delayed yeah, to January. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Makes sense. Um, uh, with the main cover drawn by David Finch, with variants including one by Bachelor. I am super excited about this because I often feel sometimes over the years some of the Spider-Man, Spider-Man stories have started really slow, and I get why they're building up, you know, everything, but... It'd be nice to have just a, a, a story arc with him where he is constantly, in, it's like action, action. One thing right after another, One right, thing after right after another. another. Let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. It would be good for that to happen. Um, It kind of kind of what I hope for for the next Spider-Man movie. He's on the run, right? So I'm expecting this to be, you know, an action fest, you know, but. Like. Yeah, there'll be some slower periods, but being on the run, being hunted down, framed for murdering people. Right. You're expecting it to be a police chase of some kind. Of some kind. Police, bounty hunters, superpowered bounty hunters, you know, that sort of thing. Well, Craven the Hunter's supposed to debut in it. There it is. Expected to be hunted down for sure. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. This cover art is kind of dope, too, and I think... It, it it shares the right energy. Uh, we're gonna probably share this on the um, on our Metal Mutants page. But in the in the cover art, you see him moving at breakneck speed through a, the uh, New York City skyline with missiles on his ass. <laughs> like, if that is you know, a, a, a artistic representation of what the energy gonna be like in this book, I'm all for it. All for it. Let's see. All right. I'm about to save this right now. I'm going to put it up on our um, on our page. So, yeah, be on the lookout for the new Spider-Man series this January. So what's up next? Next up is Sony developing a new live-action Spider-Verse TV series. This one featuring Silk. This is crazy. So, Silk live-action Marvel series in the works at Sony Pictures Television. She's going to be the next Marvel character to get her own TV series, Variety has learned from sources. Variety has learned that Sony, which controls the rights to Spider-Man universe, is developing a live-action series centered on Silk. Lauren Moon is in talks to write, like Silk, Moon is Korean-American. Her past credits include the Freeform series Good Trouble and the Netflix series Atypical. Phil Lord and Chris Miller are executive producing under their Lord Miller production banner, along with former Sony Pictures Entertainment head Amy Pascal. Sony Pictures Television, where Lord Miller is under a rich overall deal, will produce. No network or streaming service is currently attached, but sources say Amazon is in talks to acquire the project, along with other potential Marvel series based on characters Sony controls. Reps for Sony, uh, Moon, Lord Miller, 
Pasco, and Amazon all declined to comment. It was reported in 2018 that Sony Pictures was in the early stages of development on a Silk standalone film. Later that same year, it was also reported Sony was developing a female-led spin-off of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which would potentially focus on Silk, Spider-Gwen, and Spider-Woman. Should be noted, Spider-Gwen goes by Ghost Spider nowadays, so... Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, uh... Because her identity got outed in her universe. Uh, when she comes to 616, asks who she was, and instead of just taking something like Spider-Woman or whatever, because there's already, like, three of them and yeah, right. whatever, she's like the ghost spider. Her costume's all white and everything else, so oh, it kind of fits. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, the character Silk's real name is Cindy Moon, a Korean-American classmate of Peter Parker's. She was first introduced in the comic books in Amazing Spider-Man number 1 in 2014. Like Parker, she's bitten by a radioactive spider, which gives her the ability to move at incredible speed, shoot webs out of her fingertips, and possesses an advanced spider sense, known as Silk Sense. Oh. Tiffany Espenson played the character in the 2017 film Spider-Man Homecoming. It is unknown at this time if she would star in the series. Because in Homecoming, there was a character named Cindy Moon. Right, I but, remember. And it was a... It was a shout-out. It was an Easter egg. Yeah, Who knows if they're going to do something with it, if it's the same one, or right. if it's going to be a separate universe, because Sony has expressed interest in doing the Spider-Verse multiverse. Very true. Should the project move forward, which seems more than likely, it would be the latest in a growing line of Marvel live-action streaming shows. Netflix previously aired six shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist... Ooh. The Punisher, and The Defenders. Hulu also previously aired the Marvel series The Runaways. Other past Marvel live-action shows include Cloak and Dagger Freeform and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter on ABC. Hmm. Following the overwhelming success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe under Kevin Feige, he is now overseeing the expansion of Marvel TV's presence with a series of Disney Plus shows built around MCU characters. First up, Falcon and Winter Soldier, followed by WandaVision, and others on deck including Loki, Hawkeye, and, and shows based on Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. When Lord and Miller's new overall deal with Sony was announced, it was reported that they would work with the studio to develop a suite of television series based on Sony's Marvel characters, with Silk now being the first. The deal also allows the pair to develop their own projects for network cable and streaming platforms as well as develop and supervise other writers projects the duo previously produced the oscar-winning animated film spider-man into the spider-verse for sony for which lord also wrote the story and co-wrote the screenplay and pascal was also a producer on that film so you're bringing back a bunch of the team mm -hmm. for that to help produce this that was so successful with that um with that that particular Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like I've watched that probably about five times now. Um, it's one. It, to me, it makes the it makes a good argument for why there should be more um, animated stuff in the actual theaters. Uh, for a while, yeah. you know, we started getting a bunch of um, stuff going straight to um, home video. You know, when it came to the animation stuff, but. I would argue 
that um, you see how successful that was. So can you imagine if DC took some of their animated stuff and put it in, in you know in the theaters? Like it would go well. Most of DC's well. animated stuff has panned out. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I'm definitely on board. Because I mean, I know there, there became a time where um, we got a whole deluge of CGI um, content. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like I like the CGI. But um, I think DC could still win with their good old-fashioned animation. Just animation, you know? No CGI, none of that other stuff. Just animation. Anime. It, like, they, I think they would win with that. And and to be honest, like, a lot of the their live-action stuff... Um, I think that it made the money that it did, which in comparison to Marvel isn't that much, but it made the money it did largely because of how iconic the IP was. Now, just imagine if it was good. <laughs> so you put the same IP in animation form, which they're great at, right? I think yeah. they would do. I think they would do really well. I really do. But what are your thoughts on them, like going with a live action? spider-verse series mm-hmm. what are your thoughts of them starting off with silk though well o- over one of the other more iconic even if you're going for not spider-man but a supporting right, role or right other spider-verse character i honestly think it is all right so you got to think about from sony standpoint um they've led with the spider-man a lot over the years led with them but they have seen recent success in, you know, the other characters other than Spider-Man, Venom. Um, people seem very excited about Morbius. And I think this is them trying to um, expand out on the list of uh, characters that they use, considering they got rights to put them in these sort of things. Um, it's kind of reminds me, one of the criticisms I've had with DC it's how they would always lead with Batman. Lead with Batman. Say, Yo, y'all got a ton of characters over there. A ton of characters over there. Try somebody else out. Flesh them out. And I think this is kind of what, what, what you know, Sony is doing. I think they're using other characters in that lore and see who else they can build. You know what it reminds me of, too? Two different um, genres. Professional wrestling and battle rap. So, one of the bad things that certain uh, professional wrestling companies have done in the past is they always lean heavy on their iconic uh, uh, wrestlers. But in doing so, which makes sense because they sell tickets, but in doing so, you're not creating the next generation of iconic wrestlers. Yeah, no, I just find it a little weird that they started with Silk of all characters. Like, Given that, like, yeah, you have Spider-Man, but they haven't really done anything, anything with her. Yeah. With, well, like, her story as a whole, is only, she's only been around for six years as a character. But right. I'm thinking, you have all this stuff with Spider-Woman, Ooh. who's never been really done That's before. True. And Jessica Drew's been around since. The last thing they did with Spider-Woman in TV or movies was that animated Spider-Woman cartoon from the 70s. I remember that. Like, there's... Like, Spider-Woman is a lot more recognizable. Yeah. Has a lot more potential for getting involved in, like, 
bringing in more people. And I've always been a, a big. I'm a. I'm a much more of a bigger fan of the Jessica Drew Spider Woman than almost any other ones that have come out. Um, since her, and I've always felt like they didn't do enough with her. They just didn't didn't do enough. Like she could have been. I always like. And do you remember her original um, uh, costume? It was dope. Yeah, it had the the, the the red and black similar things, you know, spiders, but it was dope, man. It was she had the hair coming out the mask. It was it was it was dope. And her powers yeah. were varied enough that were, they were they were they varied enough from Spider Man to make her unique. You know, like I don't know, man. I agree I think I agree with you with that. I, it is strange that they're not they're not using her when they could have. She's easily more recognizable. I always wanted them to do more with Jessica Drew. Always. But yeah, like you have Jessica Drew, you have Miles Morales, you have Kane Parker. Ooh, I didn't even think about Kane. Like you have, so, like if you started going into even without going heavily into the Clone Saga, mm-hmm. going with Kane Parker or Ben Riley would have been a really good move. If you're insisting on someone who's not generally, you know, straight white males type thing. Right. Again, Spider Woman is a big one there. With Jessica Drew, you could have gone into again Spider Gwen. They could have played around with. Mm-hmm. There's other versions of Spider. I believe there's more than one Spider Woman. Yeah. At one point, like yeah. two or three, like yeah, it was one with blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, like you could have gone uh, Arachne, which was Spider Woman at one point when she was like Jessica Drew when she wasn't Spider Woman, mm-hmm. went as Arachne for a while. Right. And there was someone else as Spider Woman. Like, you could, there were so many other things that you could have done with a character that's more recognizable with, than Silk. Agreed. Who's not super recognizable. And also, her they, her, her comic to... run wasn't super successful. Right. Like it, true. True. E- even her crossover things were almost a oh who's that type right. thing. Like I know she did a brief thing with I forget what exactly the crossover was, but it involved uh, like Jimmy Woo, Amadeus Cho, mm-hmm. Kamala Khan, and it, it was meant to be like a. About heroes of Asian origin talking about what it's like being superheroes, doing like speeches at like the Chinese Cultural Center, and there was a small thing they did there, but it was almost like uh she was the least recognizable of all of them. It's like if you're trying to do this and you want it to be successful, usually you start out like I said, you're you're not doing Spider Man, you're doing like other Spider Verse characters. You right. still start out with the bigger guns. Like, you can do so much with Miles Morales. Yes, you can. Kane Parker, Ben Riley, and Jessica Drew. Those are your big four to choose from that have a lot of pull and a lot of History. sway. Like, everyone knows who they are. They've all been around 30 plus years, with the exception of Miles, mm-hmm. who's still been around for something like 15, yeah. 16 years. Yeah. Like he yeah. he's getting up there at this point. He is, he is. I don't know, and they haven't really proven that they can um, 
Oh, Miles is uh, nine years. Or damn, yeah, nine years. I thought it was a bit longer than that, but coming up on a decade. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, we'll have to see how it goes. I'll check. Of course, I'm going to watch it. But um, yeah, gonna check it out. But I I feel like you'd be setting yourself up with more success if you focused on one of the more recognizable ones and then start spreading it out. Yeah, it's like you're leaving a lot of stuff on the drawing room, um, drawing on the drum uh, table, and you don't really need to. Um, but because you, know. you also know that, like, if this fit, you're starting off the lesser known one, and then if it fails, oh no, oh no you run the risk of not being able to work in the other ones. Whereas if you work started with Jessica drew or miles or Kane and it was successful, you can start experimenting and you already have a following of people going, yes, I'm right here for this. Even people who might not read the comics. Right. And if this fails, um, that's full stop, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, that's, that's full stop. Like, hold up, hold up, hold up. This, this didn't work out, so we won't be doing this again. So, yeah, you, you make a good point. Um, give yourself the best chance of winning. You know? Like, um, that that's my only issue, is the fact that they're starting with Silk. Not that they're doing a Silk story. Right, but why start there? But it's, it's they're starting with it to expand and move into live-action TV, and they're starting with one of the least known characters that is a regular character a spider woman live action would have been dope not even gonna lie that would have been dope yeah but we'll see if this decision of theirs uh turns out for the better or for the worst um all i can say is good luck (laughs) yeah we'll see um so the next story the Batman production shut down due to Robert Pattinson's reportedly testing positive for that Rona. Uh, yeah, that's that's disappointing. Batman halts production again after Robert Pattinson reportedly tests positive for Rona. So uh, they have an update to this. Um, contrary to British media reports, the Batman has not resumed production without its star, Robert Pattinson. Although the Daily Mail claimed, the Daily Fail once again, claimed the Warner's DC film had begun shooting again, working around the recently diagnosed Patterson's variety reports that people on the film team who were in contact with Patterson are quarantining. The production is still doing contact tracing. It is unlikely that shooting will recommence until the roughly two-week quarantine period ends. Set construction and prop work continues on the Batman at Warner Brothers Studio in uh, Leviston. 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 Okay. Um, the studio has so far not commented on Patterson's health, only saying that an unspecified crew member tested positive for coronavirus, and that they are temporarily shut or stop production on on the Batman. Um, and the other one, of course, is uh, the original update to this um but it might be bare bare repeating so um according to v- vanity fair robert pattinson testifies the coronavirus causing filming of the batman to be halted just days after the superhero drama resumed work 
at studios outside of London. Warner Brothers would not comment on any individual worker's health. And while the studio wouldn't comment on Patterson or any other crew member's health, Warner Media boss Ann Sarnoff told Deadline, we're still in the middle of investigating what is the situation. We're pausing temporarily for now until we have more information, but we have all the protocols set up to do contact tracing and hopefully get back up into production very soon. IGN also reached out to the studio for comment, and of course then it goes into the original report um, where it basically says um, the Batman first shut down production in England last March when industry-wide shutdowns began due to the spread of the deadly COVID-19 virus. Director Matt Reeves disclosed that filming on the Batman was only about 25% complete at the time of the March stoppage. Since then, the Batman made a huge splash at August's DC Fandome, revealing the movie's intense first trailer that left us wondering about this mysterious villain and the whereabouts of the Joker, while also clarifying when it's set. Um... So, first let me put to get this out of the way. I'm wishing them the best. I'm hoping uh, nobody over there dies from that shit or um, is is harmed by it any more than they already are, you know. Um, so, because I do want this movie to be a success. And I love that trailer. It had the right set, the right tone, and all of that stuff. But I wouldn't be me if I wasn't a bit petty right now. So, after the first fandom, there was a tweet, uh, a hashtag, trending on Twitter. Marvel is over. (laughs) This is why you got to keep your pie hole closed. You got to keep your pie hole closed because you never know what's going to happen. Like, Literally 2020, if it's taught us anything, it should have taught us that. And the idea that Marvel is over simply because DC had a great week and has great prospects for the future is a bit ridiculous. And I said so at the time. And it just seems a bit, you know, ironic that after one of the main things they were commenting on was, you know, the Batman uh, trailer and how that apparently somehow was part of the nail of the coffin of Marvel or whatever. And then this happens. It's probably a good idea to shut up and just wait and see what happens. Instead of uh, predicting or attempting to uh, forecast the downfall of a company that has so much money and so much IP and has already had a successful 10 to 11 years. Like, chill out. (laughs) <laughs> All right, the same things that, that took place because there were factors involved for why Marvel was successful for that last 10, 11 year run. Things tend to change like very quickly. The facts on the ground alter. And now this, we don't know when this will come out. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen because of this. Um. So yeah, Marvel is definitely not over. It wasn't over when you guys said that because of this trade this wonderful trailer and it's definitely not going to be over until they mess up really, really bad, you know, and and multiple times, multiple times, probably in a row because right, right. 
Because fans their are track their track record is so good right now mm-hmm. that it would take multiple major fuck ups to ruin it. Absolutely, absolutely. Chill out. But we're hoping that um that Robert Patterson, if he is the one that is uh, sick, gets better soon and doesn't have any long lasting effects. Um, as well as any other crew members of on the film, it kind of sucks because I have watched that trailer at least ten to fifteen times now. It, it, it has that feel that I like, you know. So I'd hate to see this not get done at all because something really bad happens. But people's health got to come first. Comes before yeah. our of our fandom, you know. True so, that. What's the next story? Well, Ray Fisher's back at it again. <laughs> so at this point, it's it's kind of almost becoming a weekly thing now. This is the fifth time in 15 episodes he has yeah, been yeah. featured in the news here. Yeah, he need he needs he needs to stop vlogging or something. <laughs> Warner Brothers says Ray Fisher isn't cooperating with the Justice League investigation. That was put into place after he specifically asked them to investigate. Earlier this month, news surfaced of Warner Media launching an investigation into Joss Whedon's treatment of actors on the set of Justice League. Now the studio says Ray Fisher, the actor who first brought the situation to light on his Twitter profile, isn't cooperating with the studio during its investigation. Warner's statement Details of Fisher frustrated with how his character was written in the Ezra Miller starring Flash movie as well that is currently in development. Furthermore, the studio says the hiring says after hiring the private investigator that Fisher recommended himself, <laughs> the actor has failed to meet with them to provide a credible allegation of misconduct. Hmm. While Mr. Fisher never alleged any actionable misconduct against him, Warner Media nonetheless initiated an investigation into the concerns he raised about his character's portrayal. Still not satisfied, Mr. Fisher insisted that Warner Media hire an independent third-party investigator. The statement reads, it adds, This investigator has attempted multiple times to meet with Mr. Fisher to discuss his concerns, but to date, Mr. Fisher has declined to speak to the investigator. Warner Brothers remains committed to accountability and to the well-being of every cast and crew member on each of its productions. It also remains committed to investigating any specific and credible allegation of misconduct, which thus far Mr. Fisher has failed to provide. (laughs) The statement was a direct response to a tweet Fisher made Friday afternoon accusing DC Films head Walter Hamada of wanting to throw Whedon and producer John Berg under the bus if the actor would relent on writer-producer Jeff Johns. Fisher has publicly accused all three of gross misconduct while working on Justice League. Ray Fisher's tweet is, so you can better understand how deep this goes, after speaking out about the Justice League, I received a phone call from president of DC Films wherein he attempts to throw Joss Whedon and John Berg under the bus in hopes that I would relent on Jeff Johns, I will not. Uh, actions yeah. over, I think it's what, actions over Everything? excuses? I guess. I guess. Uh, after, That's so. Rich, uh, that is rich. 
Fisher tweeted, Johns has been a longtime writer of DC Comics and has worked on several live-action properties for the company. Warner's full statement can be read below. And it basically just covers, right. you know, in July, Ray Fisher's representatives asked DC Films President Walter Hamada to talk to Mr. Fisher about his concerns during the production of Justice League. The two had previously spoken when Mr. Hamada asked him to reprise his role as Cyborg in Warner Brothers' upcoming Flash movie, together with other members of the Justice League. In their July conversation, Mr. Fisher recounted disagreements he'd had with the film's creative team regarding his portrayal of Cyborg, and complained that his suggested script revisions were not adopted. Mr. Hamada explained that creative differences are a normal part of the production process, and that a film's writer-director ultimately has to be in charge of these matters. Notably, Mr. Hamada also told Mr. Fisher that he would elevate his concerns to Warner Media so they could conduct an investigation. <laughs> At no time did Mr. Hamada ever throw anyone under the bus, as Mr. Fisher has falsely claimed, or render any judgments about the Justice League production in which Mr. Hamada had no involvement <laughs> since filming occurred before he was even elevated to his current position, which is, I believe, director, producer of The Flash. That's it. Right, that's it. Right. I I think it's producer. I think the director's someone else. But yeah, it's like while Mr. Fisher never alleged any actual misconduct against him, Warner Media nonetheless initiated an investigation into the concerns he'd raised about his character's portrayal. Mm -hmm. Still not satisfied, Mr. Fisher insisted that Warner Media hire an independent third party investigator. This investigator's attempted to meet with him multiple times to discuss his concerns, but to date Fisher has declined to speak to the investigator. And yeah, that's basically all that is. So he he's he's talking a big game. There was a lot of complaints. He's le- leveling it everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when they he recommends they hire this out of company investigator. Mm-hmm. They, because, do, yeah. mm-hmm. they do. They do. To make him happy, they hire this guy to investigate all his claims, and then he refuses to speak to them. Uh, It it makes his claims, like, I don't want to just disregard his claims, but it makes it a lot more suspect when you start, when you make these demands, they hire the investigators, they look into it, you ask for a third-party one to make sure it's unbiased, and they do that, and then you're still (laughs) refusing to cooperate. That does not look good on you, Mr. Fisher. Listen, listen, uh, (laughs) let me say this, uh, Ray Ray. So, (laughs) the reason I'm laughing is because, one, yes, it is entirely possible that, because there's a lot of things going on that we are not privy to. This show does not have any connections within the DC, uh, Warner, media, whatever. However, going off of just face value, you got yourself looking really crazy out here, Lil Ray. You looking right now, you're looking crazier than you looked in that aluminum full outfit they called the Cyborg CGI. You're looking crazy because it looks like you're tossing all of these allegations out here. And then when a company apparently seems uh, uh, responsive to your concerns, you're not cooperating, 
you decide you didn't want you're not meeting with people that that you suggested they hire. You're looking really crazy, Ray Ray. It's looking like there's some other stuff going on here that um we of course aren't privy to either, but it definitely does not look like you're being above board with a lot of this stuff, man. It really doesn't. And if you are, you're doing a really bad disservice to your cause right now, if any of this is to be believed. Like, you really are. It's looking kind of crazy. And I'm going to tell you what's going to wind up happening. So, one, your contract with them is looking mighty shaky right about now because you seem like a rabble rouser. You seem like somebody who's who's on some bullshit that they don't have the time nor do they want to keep spending money on PR to repair, all right? That's number one. Number two, it, it's like uh, Side Guy said, we don't want to completely disregard and dismiss your claims, but I got to tell you, if stories like this keep popping up, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. At a certain point, we're going to be like, well, there go Ray Ray again, making accusations. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the worst part is, is like what he's saying, mm -hmm. his personal interactions, it's his word against yeah, pretty much. these other people. Pretty much. But there have been some of other complaints that were fairly open about how, um, not Jeff Johns, but like right. how Joss Whedon did come onto the set. There's several people who were in the industry basically saying like, yeah, he kind of came in, started, a bit hot, came in hot. you know, yeah. tra trashing all the work that Snyder had done on it so far. I was like, not like, really why would you do this? This is stupid. It's like, you're right. Like that, that's unprofessional, not necessarily abusive, but it's unprofessional. Yeah. And that's a fair point. Right. And then apparently Gal Gadot came out and said there was a, uh, the scene in the movie where Flash ends up saving her and ends up falling on her after. Yeah. She didn't want to do that scene because that's not something Wonder Woman would do. It, 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 it's and not. it's like, it's not. Yeah, but I mean it, but like she ended up refusing to do the scene. So they had her body double come in and <laughs> do that scene. Cause that scene was in there. It's like, yeah. Wonder Woman wouldn't get saved by Flash was basically her argument. Uh, yeah, I can't listen. Well, it depends on the situation too. Um, we're not gonna act like uh, Flash is just some um, uh, groupie. Like, no, he's the fastest man alive. So, Dick, I can see situations where and look, Wonder Woman is fast as shit. She has literally on on her own speed. Um, approach the speed force on just her own you know so she's fast as fuck but that version that's in the in the movies she's she's a bullet timer but she's not a speedster so yeah you know i could foresee a situation where flash could say come on yeah yeah you know what I'm i could see it yeah it's like come on like i i kind of get the argument she's trying to make so i'm not gonna fully discredit and but like she did come up and say like that was something she didn't want to do and it again kind of that was something that Joss Whedon was pushing to have yeah, done and had a body that was like okay you're right there are some valid complaints mm -hmm. about his actions and his treatment of some of the staff right right 
But like when you've made like three or four accusations against like four or five other people right. and then refuse to co- uh, cooperate with any investigation into it, looking suspect, it doesn't man. look good. It's looking like, suspect. Yeah. Like obviously there is some basis or else these other people wouldn't have come out and talked about it. But yeah, it's not looking good. It almost seems like it's more of a personal vendetta than an actual professional one. And we don't want which, to be involved um, with your personal. Which Ray stuff. Fisher is not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> he's no Chad. The most well-known he's, actor. He's no. He's no Chad with his, <laughs> his, his film movies. He has three film credits to his name. Right. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn Mm -hmm. of Justice, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Justice League, and the third one is The Flash, which isn't even out yet. Right. Two of those three movie credits to his name are cameos. Right. Right. He he has three television credits to his name. One is a single episode, one is eight episodes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and another is four episodes, which... The four episode one is the Zack Snyder Justice League cut, so that's not out. And the other two, he has one episode of The Astronaut Wives Club mm-hmm. and eight episodes of True Detective, both of which were produced on CW, which is owned by Warner Brothers. Right. Your entire career is for Warner Brothers, and you've done nothing but absolutely trash them when they've bent over backwards. And. To try and say, hey, yeah. hey, you know what? We're taking you seriously here. Right. Just work with us a little bit. It's kind of like when people overplay their hand um, with everything that's been happening uh, recently. And there's been a more focused attention on um, the fact that certain um, uh, demographics have been excluded or limited and how they can rise. People are extra sensitive to that stuff right now. And as somebody that's a a member of one of those marginalized groups, you really need to be a bit more judicious in how you uh, uh, use this new attention. When you do shit like this, it kind of erodes goodwill towards your particular cause. Because it just seems like you're over there just, uh, you're taking a piss. As well as you're just over there taking a piss. And it's like, I don't know, man. Lil Ray Ray. There are a bunch of other actors with serious grievances that, that need to be addressed. Stop taking the, taking up the bandwidth um, with this shit if you're not, A, going to follow through or, or B, going to be more forthcoming like, because right now, it just seems like you're good for one thing. Oh, no, excuse me. I take that back. I apologize. You're good for two things. Wearing aluminum foil with Christmas lights on it and lobbing accusations. <laughs> that's that's what it seems like you're good for right now. And I don't know how far those things are going to take you. All right? So, come on, Ray Ray. Get that shit together. We are officially putting... Metas and Mutants is officially putting Ray Fisher on notice. You better come correct or the dragging will commence. (laughs) 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 The dragging will commence. Come on. Come on. Seriously. Nobody got time for this. We got other things happening. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need this. If it, if you look either shit or get out the pot. But this right now, you just looking like eh, kind of like an entitled prick. That's what it's coming off at. Just saying. Um, and the la- <laughs> and the last story. Uh, Wiccan and Speed Scarlet Witch children are rumored to appear in Doctor Strange too. Not really all that surprising, considering we might see uh Easter egg of them in her TV series as well. Um, so the story goes to read: superheroes Wiccan and Speed could be entering the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies through an appearance in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. A new rumor from the, from MCU Cosmic suggests that after making their debut in WandaVision, Wiccan and Speed will be joining Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. According to the rumor, the actors portraying these characters have been cast and will factor heavily in future MCU adventures. However, the names of those performers has not yet leaked. Wiccan and Speed aren't the only young Avengers that have been rumored to appear in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. An earlier rumor suggests that America Chavez will make her MCU debut in, in, in the film. That's actually dope if that's true. Wiccan and Speed are two characters most famous for their appearance in Young Avengers, with the former having magical superpowers while the latter having super speed. Initially introduced as totally separate individuals, Wiccan and Speed eventually discovered that their twin offspring of Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, so, I do have a question for you. Yeah. With the Young Avengers, because I couldn't get into the comic. I, I couldn't. I tried. I just, I, it just didn't didn't pull me in. Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like an Avengers thing to me. It felt like something else. Have you read any of their books? Have you followed any of their story arcs to completion? I have read one of their graphic novels. Ah, okay. I, so one of the collections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was your impressions of it? It wasn't too bad. It depends on which... Because there, there's two main teams that they've done. Mm-hmm. And I think I the one I did was the second team. Right. Which was uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye, which it looks like they're kind of going into. Yeah. Uh, Kid Loki. Mm-hmm. Prodigy. I believe Wiccan and uh, Nova, I think, or Hulkling hmm. as well. Hawkling, yeah. Shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. The half Cree, half scroll. Mm-hmm. Why did they call him Hulkling? Uh, I think he took the name himself. He yeah. was kind of inspired by Hulk. There there was a thing in uh, one of the Hulk storylines where he talked about it because he was going around to all the Gamma characters mm. and it was like, no, it was... So... Okay, so no, the the team I ended up reading was uh, Hulkling, Wiccan, Novar, Hawkeye, Prodigy, and uh, America Chavez. Okay. Okay. So there was another one that had Patriot, Iron Lad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That Vision, one seemed more stature, Avenger speed. to me. 
Yeah, like this one, Kid Loki was a part of it for a while, and then he ended up getting kicked out of the team when it came out of how he became Kid Loki by killing Eichel and right, right, all right. that. But he still actively protected the team, and it actually showed it where he was kind of like behind the scenes, still like watching and protecting them, even if he couldn't participate with them. Knowing right, right, that but I it's remember. Like, yeah, that that was the one I had read. Uh, so, was there any relation other than association with Hawkling's powers and any of the Gamma Gamma monsters? No, uh, he chose the name Hulkling because he was kind of inspired by Hulk. Because, like, again, he's half Kree, half Skrull. And both are known for being rather destructive. That's true. And he was inspired about uh, how Hulk, despite being destructive, despite being seen as a monster of sorts, mm-hmm. kind of like Hulkling was by the Kree and the Skrulls at the time. Right. Uh, still set out to do the right thing, do the heroic thing, and he kind of like saw that and looked up to that aspect, so took the name Hulkling. That, and he also naturally has green skin. Right, well, yeah. Okay, I've, I've always been curious. Like I said, I could not. So no, there, there's it. no actual relation to any of the Hulks. It's just. It always came off to me like it was a bit of a haphazardly, well, at least that the, the team we're talking about was a bit haphazardly put together and slapped an Avengers moniker on it. But it just didn't feel, you know what felt more like the Young Avengers to me? The version of them from that cartoon, Young Avengers, where they had the children of uh, Son of Black Panther. Oh, yeah. The kid of uh, Scarlet Witch and Captain America, Thor's daughter. Like, that seemed more Avengy to me. But, you know, it is what it is with that. But, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. When does... There's a few of them that have been on multiple teams, too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Wiccan and... Hulkling as well as Kate Bishop have actually been on both variations of like both main variations of the team. Right. But like one variation had Iron Lad, which was a future version of Kang as a kid who was still like idealistic and heroic. Right. Like they had that uh Cassie Lang, so Scott Lang's daughter was on the team, Speed was on the team. Right. So, I mean, there are variations, so... And from the looks of it, they've introduced all the characters necessary to work it in. Like, they've introduced Cassie Lang, and thanks to the the blip and everything, she's now, like, five years older, so she's actually, like, 16. Mm-hmm. So, in the right age group for what they're aiming here. Right. They're introducing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye TV series. <laughs> and if they're introducing Wiccan and Speed, it's really not a far stretch. Plus, they have introduced uh, Spectrum, which they could kind of modify to sort of fill that America Chavez type role. Sure, right, sure. Because they've introduced her in Captain Marvel, and that, that was set in the 90s, so she'd almost be almost like an adult at this point, but there's bound to be at least one adult on the team to keep an eye on them. Right. Right. Well, again, 
Um, I'm hoping that the MCU will make them a bit more interesting to me than the comic book versions because they really weren't. Um, <laughs> but though that is the news. Um, this topic we're about to talk about, you know, it's it's a bit controversial for some people. Um, but I don't believe there's anybody that actively engages on a regular basis with any part of geek culture that has not seen what we're about to talk about and and has not seen how widespread it is when it hasn't always been that way. Um, And that's like the toxicity of certain fandoms. I mean, some of the things I've seen, some of the absolute ridiculousness and what it tends to do to just people just doing their jobs a lot of times. It's kind of ugly and it's not very inviting to new people that might want to, you know, they maybe they just found out about a certain certain character or a certain thing and they want to kind of be involved. And they they see the people that's involved and the stuff that they say and the things that they're doing. Eh, kind of a turn off. You know, um, na- let's start off by naming some kind of toxic fandoms. You go first, uh, Cyrus. Well, the so first one up is an easy one, and it's one that pretty much everyone faces when they first try and get into it, and that's mm. gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. People who are, if you don't know as much as I do about every aspect of this, including obscure <laughs> obscure facts mentioned once in passing in an interview and not even in the books, <laughs> if you don't know that fact, you're not a real fan. You're a noob. And this is something that, it's not just geek culture that this is <laughs> in. You find people like, oh, you watch sports? Well, what's, what's this guy's blood right. type? You can't <laughs> tell me that. You're not a fan. It, it's that kind of stuff. It, it's, <laughs> it's anywhere where you have a group of passionate fans. And unfortunately, these people, like, oftentimes I find, like, when they're like that, yeah. they almost base their identity off of the fact that they obsess over this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to I, that yeah. point. Yeah. I agree. So anyone who comes even close to them in knowledge of that means that. They're no longer interesting. They're, they no longer have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. So they kind of push everyone away from getting there. Because if, if they never want to end up reading into it, no one else could possibly know all this stuff but you. And you know like, what's ironic? It, it's that kind of mo- mindset. You know what's ironic about that mindset is that you gatekeepers act as, as if you're some sort of a filter. And all you're doing is contributing to probably the death of the thing you like. Because you're basically making it not appealing for more people to get involved, more people to spend money, more people to um, engage with the particular IP of that particular fandom. So the less people to do it, the more obscure it gets, the less relevant it is, the less marketable it is. And then soon later, it'll be gone because they can't make money off of it. Um, now, one of you doing that 
won't have that effect. But when stuff is spreading like Rona, that attitude is spreading like that, then yeah, like you guys will literally kill off your genre in the long run. Every one of these uh, things that we're about to mention, they need more people. They need to constantly yep. funneling people into that fandom to keep that thing alive. And you're not doing it any favors. I know what you think you're doing. You think you're somehow holding the line for authenticity, but the truth is, you're just petty. You're just being petty and being overly aggressive and overly combative and all of those overly things you can think of. That's all you're doing. You're not really helping the thing that you say you love. So, uh, let's have another one. Well, I was just thinking, like, there's one example I can bring up because I actually ended up seeing this picture the other day. Mm -hmm. It was the one with uh, Natalie Portman Mm. wearing a shirt that said Stop Wars, Mm -hmm. but it was in, like, the same font as the Star Wars logo. Right, right. And this person is, is like, oh, my God, if I see that picture of that hipster chick with the Star Wars shirt oh, one more geez. time. I'm going to be so pissed off. She's probably never even watched the movies. Oh, man. And it's like, one, that shirt says, Stop Wars, my dude. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Two, she was literally in those movies. Yo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> literally in the movie. <laughs> she made three of those movies. Three of those movies. <laughs> Three of those movies yeah. she literally made. I mean, come on. <laughs> so it's like, it's that exact kind of thing. It's like, yo, dude. And it's like, yeah, sure. Sometimes new people come in and yeah, they can. Sometimes they might be annoying. They yeah. might have a lot of questions that you don't really want to deal with. Like, well, whatever. You're trying to move on to the in, next thing. In that yeah. case, just be like, hey, man, I don't have time. Or even like, hey girl, hey dude, hey person. I don't have the time to deal with this right now. Right. Uh, I could recommend this this website here that can probably answer most of these questions. Yeah. And that is... Problem solved. That is literally what I did in the case of uh, with Graydon um, with the Marvel. He was familiar with some Marvel stuff, but of course... He wasn't as much of a geek about that as, as I was. And when I put him onto it, I literally, you know, I gave him, I threw him some facts and then I sent him to uh, a website that had chronicled the entire history of the Marvel Universe from before the inception of its universe. And he spent the weekend. On that site, and when he came back, he had a new appreciation for comic books in general, the creativity behind it, and all of that stuff. And I didn't have to spend all weekend fielding questions and didn't turn him off from this. Now he's a huge fan of this stuff. You know, it's a way to do this. It really is. Just like, and there's times where you you do actually feel like like I have the time, I have the energy, yeah. and I have the patience to answer some questions right now. What's up? What you got? Right. Right. What? What? It's sort of like, well, where do I start? It's like, well, what's your favorite character? Right. What's your favorite team? What's your favorite comic movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's start with that. Just start with some of those. Cool. You really liked the Thor movies? 
here's some Thor books right. that I recommend. Here's right. some storylines I liked. Here's like the Walt Simonson run that introduced mm-hmm. Beta Ray Bill is a great run. Even though it's an older run, it's right. from the 80s, I think that mm-hmm. one is. Mm-hmm. But the artwork holds up. The storyline is fantastic. Walt yeah. Simonson is probably one of the best writers Thor's had. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'd say top two for sure. Oh, for sure. But, so it's like, here, here's a, st- a storyline. It introduces, like, this storyline here actually introduces an iconic character who's a supporting role and even makes appearances today. Right. Oh, you also liked the movies? Well, he was... In Avengers, here are a couple of Avengers runs he's been in. Mm-hmm. Here was uh, here was one where he was teamed up with you know your traditional Avengers, your Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, right, Black Panther. Here's one where he was with Captain America, Rogue, Wasp, and Wolverine. Mm. Just you point out, it's like here's that. It, and you know what? If you like any of those other characters, you you got to like them in those runs. That's where you can branch out. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you don't have to be a dick about it. In fact, <laughs> if you introduce these people to these things and they like it, it means you have someone else to, to talk, talk to, to about, about this. this. And isn't that kind of the point, right? The the, the point. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like it's a community of people that all enjoy the same thing. We can have these great conversations, these debates, all of this stuff within the thing that we enjoy. And one of the things that I saw my first time going to a Comic Con, I saw the importance of a community of people that like the same stories, content, characters, etc. I saw the amount of joy um, being around people who they auto- they automatically got you. Like they any phrase you say from a certain, they know where that's from. They like it's a shorthand that you have with these people. And I remember commenting like, "Y'all think I found my tribe in here, <laughs> right? That first time, right?" So. I don't understand why people would invest so much time in trying to chase people away from the genre because they don't cross every every T or dot every I. Hey, genius, there was a time when you didn't know what you knew in there. And ultimately, the knowledge that we attain in these genres is meaningless anyway outside of the genre. <laughs> like, outside of that... You can't do anything with that short of create content around it like we did. That's it. So to act all arrogant and snooty, you know what I'm saying, and and just your nose up in the air, hmm, he didn't know that Batman also kept a bat-flavored Tic Tac in his pocket to repel rabies. Like, dude, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. And I got to say, uh, the Bat fandom is also one of the most toxic fandoms I've seen in a long one, time. And honestly, the Dragon Ball Z oh my is right dude, up there. Dude. It, yeah, it's such a turn off. It's a turn off. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, seriously, what, what are you? I'm going to tell you something. Now, they're not quite 
as bad as some of the other ones. But the DC fandom at times, as far as the for the fandoms for the for the movies, but they kind of overlap. They can be a bit obtuse about certain things at times. It's like I never forget um, seeing certain comments that I felt like, yo, as a comic book fan, you really should be chilling with that and you should not be praying for the downfall of any comic book company and their movie content when you yourself want to see comic book movies. That's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. I'm a fan first of all of these DC, Marvel, Image, I'm a fan of that. Dark Horse, these are things that I, I enjoy. Milestone, I love these these companies and their IP. So when they put out movies, I automate, my default is succeed. I don't get on, I'm team this, which means I want this one, other one. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because the more of these that succeed, the more of these we'll get. Right? It's not. It's not fully crazy. I mean, I'm Team Marvel. Right. At the same time, I don't want DC to fail because if DC does good, Marvel has to do better. They have to. So it's right. Like like. And besides, there's there's times where it's like, cool. DC does have some characters that I would love to see. Yeah. If they don't do well. You're only ever going to see Batman and Superman. <laughs> and those are two characters I don't give a shit about. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Batman or Superman. <laughs> and yet, let's look at it. Since the 60s, all we've had is yeah. Batman and Superman. Yeah. And we did have that Wonder Woman TV show for a bit. <laughs> and then it was more Batman, Batman and Superman, Superman. All over TV. Dude, all over the all movies. Over the, it's, yo, it's, it's just, everywhere. It's, every- <laughs> it's like, yo, I, I don't care about them. I want to explore some of your other characters. Yeah. Of course, yeah. again, if they don't do well, we never get to see them. We're only going to see the ones that did do well, which is <laughs> Batman and Superman. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. Do you know the type of cartwheels I did when Green Arrow was a success? When, when, when I saw that, oh. I was like, oh, I love this. I'm gl- Oh, okay. Okay. Like, come on, Hell, Lord, come I'm on. not even the biggest fan of The Flash as a whole. Me but that TV show is great. Yeah, And it, it is. done so much for introducing other characters Absolutely. and making me appreciate it more, even if I'm not necessarily still a huge exactly, fan. Exactly. It still makes me appreciate him and a, a bunch of the DC stuff a bit more. I mean, come on. Like, like... And <laughs> some of the team-ups, like Legends of Tomorrow... Yeah. Is something I am more interested yeah, in. They're dope. I feel like that, like that's a team of guys who have no rights being on their own at all. Facts. As, a, <laughs> as an individual, they have no right being heroes. That's true. true. Or even villains. They're more just kind of there. Mm-hmm. But like as a team, it's like you know what? This they're is kinda actually awesome. kind of cool. I <laughs> right. like this. Right. I want more of this. Right. Right. And what would and you if look Arrow like? Arrow didn't do well. 
if Flash didn't do well, all that would have been we gone. Never we would have never had any of that of tomorrow. Never. Hell, we never would have had Flash if Arrow didn't do well. Because I think Arrow was what, like third or fourth season in when they did. Yeah, by the time they did the Flash thing, yeah. third, third, three seasons of Flash was when the first season of, or three seasons of Arrow when the first Flash came out, mm-hmm. and it was like the second season of Flash that introduced, they introduced the character them to together. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, second season of Flash where they started introducing Firestorm and stuff, which right. was one of the key parts of Legends of Tomorrow forming. Yeah. And also introduction of Captain Cold. Who was a badass. I was never a fan of Captain Cold until the CW. Was never, I wasn't a fan of him. But even the comics him. version, I'm still not a fan of him. Yeah, but the like, CW version, the CW I did version enjoy. Dope, like, and then... Again, for all the crap it gets, Suicide Squad is a movie. Yep. Yep. There were a couple characters that I really enjoyed. And I actually I, wasn't that Har- mad Harley at Quinn. Squad. Harley Quinn was they did the character fairly well following mm-hmm. especially the New 52 run and that the New 52 run and Re- Rebirth run. Mm-hmm. Is the Harley Quinn run that I do enjoy the most where yeah, she was still kind of breaking out on her own and exploring mm-hmm. who she is as a mm-hmm. character. Very much But, so. man, you also had, like, Diablo, man. That was my boy. Diablo, yeah. I was I so upset when he all. died. That's he killed him. Like, I, I knew he was... Most of them were probably going to die, but it's like, man, you kept... You kept a couple of those other ones alive and you killed <laughs> Diablo. Man, you did him dirty. They did him dirty. They did. They you did him dirty. But am it's I like, crazy or, like... I like the Suicide Squad. It, no, was it um, one of the top comic book movies? All the, no, but I, I wasn't mad at it, especially since um, I pretty much was not a fan of that version of the Joker. So we didn't get to see a lot of him, and I was cool with that. <laughs> like I was except cool in the it. extended cut where they added a bunch of stuff. I, I but I haven't seen the that. extended exactly. cut. I, I refuse to watch that. I refuse <laughs> to watch that. The theatrical cut. Like I said, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I wasn't mad at it. But like... there were, but there were a couple of characters that, like, you know what? I want to see a bit more of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen if everything they have keeps failing. Facts. That's why you can't wish for things to fail. Facts. And wishing for things to fail is kind of a perfect next step for here. Yeah. Anytime you see a new character come out. The first thing you see is a bunch of people hoping that character fails. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, look when Jane Foster took up Thor. Even mm-hmm. though Thor was, the Odin son was still around, was still a character. Still, and still had, had his, his own, book. Mm-hmm. He had two multiple, he had two runs at the time. Yeah, and they were dope. E- everyone was hoping yeah. Thor, Goddess of Thunder, mm-hmm. the Jane Foster run, would fail. When Miles Morales was first introduced, Same. everyone was hoping he would fail. Same. And then when you when you get some of these other characters, like that new, uh, what is it, the new version of the New Warriors or whatever that has, like, safe space and that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw those. And like, like I said, I have, from what I've seen so far, I do not have an interest in seeing that. Right. reading that run. Right. But I'm not going to write it off without nope. reading any of it. Yep. And all 
I'm seeing all these things like, oh, it's going to fail. It's going to suck. Look at these. They're all losers. Like, you, you complain when they do the same characters over and over mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. and tell them to write new characters. You complain when they write new characters. <laughs> and then you complain when they revamp existing mm-hmm, characters. Mm-hmm. Again, such as Jane Foster being Thor during a period where Thor was going through a bunch of existentialist crisis. Which is part of character personal, development, by the way. Which, which is claim a y'all part of personal growth. <laughs> yeah, y'all claim which y'all led wanted. to him ultimately being what it took to become the all-father of Asgard. Right, right. That doesn't happen if he doesn't go through this arc. Or even after War of the Realms, when Jane Foster was still Thor, mm-hmm. and the Valkyries died, she ended up taking up the role of Valkyrie as Thor got his hammer back by the end of that run. Yeah. And then, and then your she got people were run. like, "Well, you're you're not Valkyrie." It's like, "Well, she's not." Brunhilde. She's, using she's not Valkyrie, Brunhilde. right? She's not Brunhilde, but, but come she, on, she's carrying on their legacy and was selected by them because she took care of all the fallen Valkyries. And during also, the War of the Realms, heads up, they, they get upset when you change any of these things. There, there was. I don't think there was too much when X-23 came out. No, 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 no. Because X-23 came straight from the cartoon and they put her into the comic yeah. book. So you didn't really see it. People like the idea of, you know, there being a quote-unquote female uh, Wolverine. They didn't have a problem with that. But I feel like... But some- I remember when Gabby came out, though. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. In the all-new Wolverine yeah. run where... Yeah. Wolverine was dead. X-23 took up the mantle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Figuring if he comes back, it's his. But until then, the world needs a Wolverine. Right. And Gabby was up. People ripped on Gabby all the time, too. It's like, yo, y'all need to chill. But see, it makes you wonder, though. Maybe they need to question themselves. Are you really a fan of this shit? Because all the things that you say you want when they do it you bitch you moan you piss and you complain and by the way just so you know the Valkyrie book is dope as fuck it's a great yeah. story so it's like you guys are are not giving things a chance after bitching and complaining about what you say you would give a chance there's a little bit of inconsistency here you have to agree and the reason you don't say it is because you're under that veil of toxicity. That's what it is, man. Like, y'all just want to fucking complain. Y'all want to fucking complain. It's, it's, it's the same with, with some of the stuff I saw. Just for the Marvel Avengers um, comic book thing, I saw, I mean, the, the video game, I saw a blending of toxic fandoms right here. I, I, at one, one note, I saw people who really don't care about the comic books at all. And they only care about the characters into their relation to them with the MCU, right? I saw them going, oh, the only people that are like this is the people that are just into that Marvel crap. I saw that. Then I saw other people on, on that, that are clearly Marvel fans going, well, how come this doesn't do this, this, this? And these are some of the most obscure powers that these characters have maybe used maybe twice. During their entire run. What, what, you mean like the Hulk breathing underwater? Yeah! Once? Yes! 
Yes. Like, come like on. once ever? Happened once And time. never touched again, and he, he kind of grew gills. You'd think that would have been a, <laughs> a bigger thing, but no. It was one time in one comic yeah. 25 years ago, yeah. 30 years yeah. ago. <laughs> How come that's not represented in the comic? Come on, dude. And then um, I saw this. Well, I think the Thor character's cool, but they didn't get the God Blast right. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the God Blast, originally, in the comics, he literally had to stop everything he was doing, focus in on the inner power of his godliness, focus it through Mjolnir, and it comes out in this blast that can pretty much annihilate almost anything, right? It takes some time to do that, though. It's not something he just whips out, you know, so he had, and it drains him. And it drains him. It it absolutely drains him. So some of these Nimrods felt like that should have been fully represented on this platform and medium of video games, especially a video game that has a very kinetic and energetic uh, 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 um, pacing. It's a lot of fighting, a lot of stuff going on. Did you really want them to fully represent that move there? So that the character is useless for what two two minutes in a game where enemies are the waves of enemies coming all the time? Is that what you wanted? And did you want him to be able to do that and just clear the board? Because that's what that sort of thing, that sort of ability has always been sold as. That's the kind of thing you pull out against Galactus. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you pull out against Thanos, right? Or that's... any of the Celestials, facts. Like... Facts. And he pulled it out against Juggernaut once it didn't work out well for him. But <laughs> still, you know, like I saw people complaining about that. Now, my complaint about the Hulk was he doesn't jump high enough. And I think we all know that is fairly consistent with the cur- He jumps, man. Like he has a jump. All right. And all I was asking for was he should be able to jump the height. Whatever the limitations they have on Thor's flight and Iron Man's flight. Hulk should be able to jump at least that high, right? That was my argument with it. But to see some of the, this game is shit because it doesn't do that. And I'm like, so you're purposely ignoring all of the other great things about this game because it did not go panel for panel and these characters are not exactly a one-to-one. Remember initially they was complaining that none of the characters look like the MCU counterparts. That was the complaint. They don't look like Chris Evans. That doesn't look like Crimson as well. That doesn't look like Robert Downey Jr. And I'm like, are you fucking nuts? You guys just enjoyed the Spider-Man game. And the Spider-Man character does not look like Tom Holland. Oh. <laughs> you know? Like, what the fuck? Or I, I remember reading like, oh, oh, why would you use Kamala Khan? That's, <laughs> she's the worst Miss Marvel. Why wouldn't you use the Captain Marvel? Right after all these same motherfuckers, yeah, oh, about Captain Marvel oh, oh, because you didn't use the male oh, Captain Marvel oh, who has been dead since the decades. 80s. He's been dead longer than I've been alive, <laughs> and they haven't brought him back. No, they haven't. They haven't. Listen, he, he was always intended to die. That's why. He, they haven't brought them back. You know, it reminds, it rem- I swear to you, it reminds me uh, of when I saw them 
talking about, well, how come they didn't do um, Monica Rambo Captain Marvel? Now, I found that to be funny. Because, yes, people like me cared about it. People like you may cared about the character. But the vast majority of them didn't. She had a book back then. Where, why wasn't y'all buying the book to keep her relevant? Like, are you kidding? So they only brought her up because it was in opposition to the Brie Larson uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's all toxic bullshit. Even though Brie Larson has been the Captain Marvel, oh since my goodness, the mid, the mid like oh four or oh five or something yeah, like that, dude. That 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 Carl Danvers has been that for a long ass time now, and 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 again, these people with this toxic dumb shit are simultaneously saying. Showing they're saying that they're standing up for comic book accuracy, but then showing us they haven't read the comic books. <laughs> like yeah. you haven't read the books, have you? It is ridiculous. Y'all look stupid. And or there's also these people, especially since we're on the topic of video games, mm-hmm. Donnie Cates, who's a writer and artist for Marvel. Yes. He works for Marvel on a lot of runs, including Thor Mm -hmm. and uh, Venom right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's doing the current Venom run and I believe the current Thor run. Yep. He was the one who introduced Null, All Black, the Necrosword. Yeah, didn't he do um, uh, uh, Thanos Wins? Wasn't he? he, Didn't he do Thanos Wins? No, no, Thanos Wins I think was still... He might have been on it for a part of it, Mm -hmm. but I think that one was still... uh, Jim Starlin. That was Starlin. Oh, damn, that's crazy. I, I think it, I think that was still Starlin. That's crazy because that that was the in between as part of the in the new Infinity trilogy. Right, 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 right. It was the tie into that, so that was Starlin. But I think Kate's might have had a a hand in it. Mm-hmm. But everyone's freaking out because Marvel's doing an event with Fortnite. Oh my god! And. Dude. Donny Cates' exact words were, everyone in my mentions who are very upset about Marvel being in Fortnite, here's a few things. It's fun. Fun is allowed. <laughs> it helps build a bridge for new and young readers, which is great. Yes. Yes. And then gestures, like, gestures to the entire world. There are bigger things to be angry about That's right now, guys. About. Followed by, also... This clearly shows a lot of y'all never played Marvel vs. Capcom Fags. as a kid. Shows. Now, don't get me wrong. I am, I'm not a fan of Fortnite. Me I'm not a fan me of most shooters as a whole, but like Fortnite, as far as shooters go... It bores me. I'm not going to lie. Like, it it, it kind of bores me. I, there, I just can't really get into the concept of building things while you're being shot at and <laughs> shooting people at the same time. And it's like, I, I'm sorry, it's like, that, it's like trying to combine a survival game and a shooter game yeah, yeah. where you're putting too much focus on both of them at the same time, not yeah. a survival game with guns, not a shooter game with some building. It's a survival shooter builder game. Right. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not my thing at the same time. You know what? Who cares? It's not my thing. I'm not going to play it. Yeah. That's all you have to do. That's all you got to do. Cool. You, you don't want to, you don't want, you think Fortnite's stupid and you think it's stupid that Marvel's in it? Cool. Then don't play don't it. Don't play it. That's on the other hand, I love Marvel versus Capcom. I have it on my computer. I boot it up every couple of weeks because Same. it's fun to just rank out a couple matches. Same. 
and be like, yeah, man, I just, I just want to beat someone up as Dr. Doom. Or I want to beat someone up as Akuma. Right. Or let's see Akuma beat up Dormammu. That'd be funny. Exactly. Let's do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's what I do. And at, at the time, I don't know if there was a lot of criticism when the first one came out, because I was quite young and the internet wasn't a huge widespread thing as it is now. Right, right. Like, it was around, it was just not necessarily big for the public eye. It wasn't... Everybody most wasn't on it. Apple. Yeah, exactly. Most, now like, it's basically utility. Early, yeah. early mid-90s. It mm-hmm. was... You had it if you were well off and if you weren't you didn't have it yeah hell even if you were in like the middle class you generally didn't have it and you didn't unless see, you're, you really didn't unless see unless it was uh, like your father worked a big business job yeah that you really didn't see a use for some it. work at home then most, he most might. people didn't even have a use for it there wasn't even a lot of content online um back then you know so yeah so these kind of things didn't really pick up and that's one downside to having the entire internet at our hands all the time true, is true. the fact that everyone gets to make their opinions known, no matter how ridiculous and toxic. Yeah. And, like, and again, you, you get to see the best of humanity and you get to see the worst of it. And unfortunately, the worst is when louder. you're a fat, the worst is loudest. Mm-hmm. And when you're a fan of something, you end up seeing the worst of that group That's of people all the time. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, That's a fact. And, again, that's another perfect example of toxic fandom is mm-hmm. internet trolls. Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're in everything. If you post something pro-Marvel, DC trolls will come in and tell you your shit, your mm-hmm. opinions are shit, you should go kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You post something pro-DC, Marvel fans mm-hmm. will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You post something like, hey, I like Hellboy, both DC both and DC Marvel and fans come in. <laughs> you you right. say, you know what, this guy can beat this guy in a fight. Someone else comes in and like, yeah, but Batman could, oh. and I, I use Batman because that's the one that everyone. That's the one they always, always use. Like you, you but, start talking about Galactus versus one, um, one that comes up almost just as much mm-hmm. would be Goku could do it. Oh hell and that, yes! That one's just as common as the Batman yes. one. It's, yes, like th- those two are pretty much the big reason why I don't get. I'll read posts, I'll lurk on it, mm-hmm. but I don't actively involve myself in any of the... I'm in like five or six groups about comic battles versus battles type thing, which right. we've had an episode on here before. Mm-hmm. But I don't heavily get involved in those groups because the minute you do something, you get those people, Batman could do this, you yeah. could do this. It's annoying. It's annoying as fuck. And, I've seen it. And it's... And I'm going to use an actual example because there's a perfect example. I think this guy's still in one of the three or four groups I'm in that he was in with this. Mm-hmm. But this guy was a huge Homelander fanboy from the boys. Yeah. And 
he would insist no matter what that Homelander would be anyone and everyone no matter what excuse was made and that the people who wrote the comics were stupid because they made them get killed. The people who oh, wrote the, did the shows are stupid because they're not showing them at his full strength. And that no matter what, he knew better than everyone else. If you disagreed with him, he would make a Facebook Live video rant and call you all kinds of names. I know, because I got mentioned on multiple occasions. (laughs) (laughs) And all I would do would be point something out, like, Homeland, you're, you're saying the TV version of Homelander could be the movie version of Superman, like the Man of Steel one, so Henry Cavill. Yet the TV version of Homelander struggled to lift a plane. I was thinking that. He's like, well, no, no, that was stupid. He did that on purpose. You're a fucking idiot. You don't know nothing. You should kill yourself. He outright has told me I should go kill myself on more than one occasion. So it kind of became a running joke where anytime he would post that, there was a couple of us who would just sit there and just (laughs) no matter what, we would post the exact opposite thing. Right. So it, it got to the point where I made a battle of Homelander versus Rose from Titanic. <laughs> and not not young Rose either. Oh, old, old Rose. Old, old Rose from Titanic. Oh, man. On who would win. And, oh, boy, did he go on a rant after that. And it was one of the funniest <laughs> things. I'll admit, I kind of trolled him there. But there's a difference between some lighthearted jabbing and someone being super defensive and insulting and yeah, absolutely. trashing anything because it just disagrees with, with them. them. Yeah, it's a and they show up everywhere. It's a difference. And it's it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad. That's one of the things. I'm glad with our Reaper Life group. Mm-hmm. We, we do not... There, there's some arguments and everything, but it never gets... Heated to the point of being personal attacks. Exactly, exactly. There has been two incidents I can remember where it even really got super heated. Mm-hmm. One of them, everyone says, you know what? It's kind of different points. And that was more just because of uh, how anime handles feats feet. versus yep. how Western yep. comic handles yep. feats. Yep. And they're handled completely different, and that's why the storytelling is also significantly different. And, and even that didn't and, involve and in a name calling. That, that, that didn't involve right. anything. Then there was one that kind of did, mm-hmm. and regardless of, regardless of who was right or wrong and how that worked out, the fact that five years and yeah. we've only had two <laughs> incidents get heated and only one of them end up resulting in someone complaining. Right, right. That's a very rare thing. And you know why I think that is? I think because that group is more of a celebration of our geekdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like we we share stuff we're all excited about. Uh, We we inform each other of things that we didn't know about. Oh, I got to check that out. Or we ask questions about, has anybody seen this? It's a celebration of the geekdom. And I think has anyone played this game? I was thinking of doing that. And it's not, even though it's a mostly comic base, it's not not exclusively comic. Right, right. It's general geekdom. So, like, I've seen posts on like 
a Doctor Who. Yep. I'm 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 not a Doctor Who fan, but I've yeah. seen it, and it's like it's definitely a geekdom. There's been supernatural stuff. Yes, There's been absolutely again live action movies, mm-hmm. comic movies, even things like Stephen King stuff Thanks. Thanks. has come up because it it's all great. We're celebrating general geekdom, right? Right. And and like you said, it is a celebration, and that's something where you can kind of. If you find a group that's like a celebration and mm-hmm. it doesn't get super heated, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Exactly. Enjoy it. Get involved. Because I, there are far it, too many groups me, where it's the exact opposite. It's a shit fest. And I'm going to tell you, just to show you. So uh, we have somebody in our group. And she wasn't into comic books or none of that stuff. Um, she used to date a friend of mine, right? And... She really wasn't into comic books, but she was into the movies. She was into the movies heavily. So she almost didn't feel like she should. She she would feel comfortable in the group full of comic books because she didn't know anything about it. And I told her, I was like, um, that's not really a problem in our group. Whatever brought you to the table, um, you're part of the geekdom, so you wouldn't have a bad time. I've seen her posting this several times. And she's gotten into the comic books now and even into the video games. She's not the type of person you would expect to be into that. She's one of the hot girls. You know what I'm saying? She's one of the hot girls. Like, you wouldn't expect her to be into that. She is, though. Um, I, I The other day, I um, posted um, I posted up on my Instagram some video footage of the Marvel Avengers game. She comments on there, uh, I'm playing this. I, I, I love this game. I just... She got into all of that stuff because she got introduced through the movies. She joined our group. Nobody castigated her or, or, or denigrated her because she didn't know comics. She eventually got into the comics because we were inviting. Hey, check this out. Hey, you should check this out. Or not even that. Sometimes we would post screenshots of pages or panels from books and she would go, yikes. I need to, I need to read. Right. Yeah. So if you find groups like that, that are more about sharing what you enjoy, like even if there is some complaining, cause there's inevitably there's always going to be some complaining. <laughs> there's, there's, there, there's always people like who just disagree with something. Like we've had groups on star Wars and they talked about oh, yeah. what they could have done differently that you think would have made it better. And people would like disagree or discuss like, what they liked about the movie, but also, yeah, you're right. They could have easily done this and yeah. made it so much better. It's like, yeah, yeah and that's fine. That's gonna happen. That's gonna but happen. But it's like, if you find a group that generally does not have a lot of toxic people in it, right? It is really easy to branch out and get into the stuff, right? Right. All it takes is like, like I said, if you find one or two people who are into something. And they're not dicks about it when they talk. It's like, oh, well, if you don't know this, then right. you're not a real fan. <laughs> if you don't know every Hulk personality, you're not a real fan. <laughs> oh, if you, if you haven't read Kingdom Come Superman, then you're not a real fan. No, none of that shit. But if you find someone who's just like, hey, I want to get into this. And they're like, yeah, sure. Here, let let me start you off with something. Let me show you how awesome this really is. 
you got to if you find people awesome. like that, right. keep keep those ones around, even if it is just for this fandom. If, even if nothing else, you gel with them on. Facts. Facts. But you gel with them on that one thing, and they're not a dick about that one thing. Right. Right. Enjoy that. Just because there's way too much people going on, and they'll trash everything. Mm-hmm. Trash any and, and everything. again, look at what uh, Comics Gate, a perfect oh, example. Oh, man. A big industry issue. And that's including the opposition to diversity and progressive thoughts. It includes things like hatred of female heroes, Mm -hmm. which regularly happens. Absolutely. It includes people bashing any gay or lesbian Mm -hmm. characters that come out. Mm -hmm. Even if they've always been that way, it'll be like, oh, well, why'd you make them gay? Why didn't you just make a new character? I'm like, this was a new character, you jackass. (laughs) You jackwagon. You taint barnacle. <laughs> but it's like, or, oh, well, again, one of the ones I've seen with Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, whose runs have actually done fairly well considering. They have, because they appeal to a certain demographic. And But uh, that's the important. amount of times I've seen people complain, yeah. oh, well, you made her Muslim. Yes. Because so, and... there are Muslim people in the world. You know, I swear, oh, my <laughs> So you, and, and you basically like, want a comic book universe with only uh, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, uh, heterosexual, white men. That's it. That's it. That does not, That's not representative of a world. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> the thing it's is, not. They, it's not just the characters they attack. They have gone after writers yes. and artists um, who have done this thing. actresses. Yeah. Oh, they, uh, one example was that one you brought up to me. You messaged me recently mm-hmm. about uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays yeah. Scarlet Witch in yeah. the movies, yeah. basically quitting social media for not immediately responding to Chadwick Boseman and getting bullied off the internet for it, basically. Her, her Instagram stuff, which is her most active one, mm-hmm. she posts like three or four times a year. And yet, so, and yet, because she didn't immediately respond to it, like next day type thing, everyone was trashing her, messaging her like, "Oh, you, sh- you're, why the fuck are you even doing any of this stuff if you don't like this?" It's, it, it, you know what? Like, and that I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the clearest examples of how so far off the rails um, some of these fandoms can get. Why are you bothering her? You, who don't know Chadwick personally. We felt his loss, sure, because of what he represented to us, but you didn't know him personally. She knows him personally. She worked with him. So don't you think this may have hit her a little harder than us? She don't ever have to do a trip. She feels how she feels, and she doesn't need validation from a bunch of shit-eating uh, 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 a Cheetos popcorn loving <laughs> well I, I do love Cheetos popcorn too but you know what I'm saying like she don't need that from y'all and that's how, how entitled a lot of these fandoms are to these people like, like, like that's a real life that we just lost and this, is, this also isn't even 
the first time something like that's exactly, happened. Exactly, uh, exactly. Kelly Tran, who played Rose Tico in the Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh my goodness. Got harassed so much yeah. that she had a breakdown. Yeah. And then ended up quitting social media mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. After getting... Like, it got so bad that even her co-stars were like, guys, you can't do this kind of thing to anybody. Right. Like, doing it to anybody is wrong. But it's like... And the problem is, is, like, one of the things that she got criticized for was for the fact that she's Asian. Which is insane. Her, which is absolutely insane. In. Asian actress playing a character who's Asian, I guess, is just not acceptable. Well, this is the thing and I found it, crazy. It was one of those things where, like, some of the guys behind a lot of it mm-hmm. are guys who are well known within the uh, far right white supremacist oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. internet oh, yeah. personalities. Oh, yeah. Like, Paul Ray Ramsey is well known in the alt right mm-hmm. circles. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And he was a huge part in that kind of thing. The the idea that only uh, U- Europeans in space, I suppose, like aliens can be, <laughs> like you can be a Nor- almost Nordic looking and be that's legitimate for aliens. Why is you that can in- be a giant lizard people? Giant- yes, <laughs> like that that's legitimate. But you can't have someone of Asian descent. Or African descent, and are you, dude? I swear oh yeah, to no that sense. happened too. Yeah, like, yeah, no Africans in space. I, I guess, like, as if let's, let's, I mean, let's really be, be clear about this. It's all absurd if you look at it hard enough. For 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 you to look at these be, these people in these roles as the nationality of Earth. They're not playing Earthlings. They're not playing Earthlings. So all of your your, your prejudices and, and your issues and stuff does not apply. Luke Skywalker was not European. He was born on Tatooine. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Star Wars has gotten hit with that a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. not only did Kelly Tran get that, but like uh, John Boyega. John Boyega, yep. Got trashed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Oscar Isaac playing Poe Dameron got mm-hmm. trashed a lot. He was one of the most popular characters in there. He got trashed. But some of these people started trashing him because his character's gay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's we can't wrong, have that. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's wrong. You, you guys can't suspend. You can have a giant Sasquatch with a laser crossbow, and that's no problem. But if you have a guy who enjoys the company of other men, that's how a, dare that's you? That's a, you can have a big green booger be a gangster in Jabba the, uh, Jabba the Hutt, <laughs> right? A gangster with scantily clad <laughs> women, women on around, And that's fine, but you can't be uh, gay in space. Apparently, okay, so you, you can't be gay in space either. You can't be Asian in space. You can't be black in space. You can't be none of those things. Come on, y'all. At a certain point, even you who are who have engaged in this have to has to see 
how ridiculous it is. And it makes me wonder, do you actually enjoy any of this stuff or you more enjoy uh, uh, trying to make people's lives miserable because you have issues outside of the fandom itself that you're bringing into the fandom. You're making it a toxic place for everybody. And, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this on the show because of the fact that a lot of you are taking the fun out of this to the point where people don't even want to really have the discussions about it online because they know some asshole is going to come along later and troll them or tell them they're stupid or complain about some cosplay costume they have on. That person probably the first time they put themselves out there to cosplay and are extremely insecure about it. And here comes your stupid ass along to make them feel even worse about that shit. This is the thing that you're taking the fun out of something that's supposed to be an escape for us because the real world is full of all of that toxic bullshit you guys are bringing into our escapism. And it's time for it to stop. It's time for it to stop. It's been past time for it to stop. So that's why I would strongly suggest those of you that feel the way we feel and don't, don't like to see that sort of nonsense, create your platforms for celebrations of your geekdom and be stringent about keeping people out of those things that only want to come in there and take a piss in your pool. But to say like shit. that we've been that's not to say we've been perfect cuz no, I know I all. sure as fuck haven't. Not at all. But, but it's, it's at a point where it's going overboard now. Like it really is. And it's also the fact that like I, I we try not to be that kind of toxic. Right. Right. It, if it happens it's not a regular thing. Right. And if it happens, especially in our group, we'll get called out on it. Facts. Be like, Hey man, what the fuck that's are you not doing cool here? That's not cool here. And that's, that's great. Cause it kind of stops you. Cause like you, you stop, you look back like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You forget where you are. You're, sometimes. you're right. Because especially if you spend a lot of times in these other groups, there is a certain, uh, a behavior that's tolerated. In those other groups, and if you spend a lot of time in there, it will rub off on you, and you'll bring it someplace else where that's not the energy, and you have to be called in on it. And it's it's so bad as to the point where I have kind of left most of the comic book, video game groups that I've been in. I've left them. I maybe belong to maybe three or four now, uh, uh, and, and that includes the one that we that we have. Um. Because I'm tired of seeing that shit. I'm tired of seeing it, and I'm tired of having to engage with it. And I don't want any of that stuff. You get caught up engaging with stuff like that. You bring that energy to other places, and I don't need that um, in, in the Reaper Life uh, comic book moment. I don't, I don't need that there. Nobody needs that there. And like you said, all this time, five years, two major dust-ups. That's it. That's it. One of them, I wouldn't even say was major because everyone kept their cool. And Facts. We were no all names like, were called. Yeah. None of that. We were just having a, a, a spirited there, there debate. Was, you know? There was one that got kind of major. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as admins, we kind of basically split because two of us were up at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one of us dealt with one of the people involved. The other one dealt with, with the, the other. other. Yep. And we had our admin chat just sort of updating everybody mm-hmm. what it was. So mm-hmm. that way everyone was on the same page. Right. 
but there's really five years in one incident that was of any note. Yeah, facts. I mean... But, but yeah, I know you mentioned cosplay earlier, mm-hmm. and that actually brought up another one that I remember seeing where someone was cosplaying Duella Dent. Mm-hmm. Who, if you don't know, uh, resembles kind of like a steampunk female yeah. uh, Joker. She claims to be the Joker's daughter, but she's not. She's kind of gone between being villain and hero. Mm-hmm. But there was this woman who was cosplaying as Duella Dent, and someone's like, steampunk gender... A gender swap Joker in a Willy Wonka hat. Congratulations, you're making trying too hard into an art form. Oh, and someone's geez. like, you know, if you're going to judge their cosplay, you better learn your fucking shit Facts. because that's an actual character. Oh, doofus. Wow. 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 It's like not only that, but even if it wasn't a character, so the what? cosplay itself was well done. Right. You can't appreciate it even on that level. Nope. Because you have to be a little shit. You have to be a little shit bird flying around, shitting on everybody's uh with they and again, I have seen how insecure. Um, I've been part of cosplay groups and people say, This is my first time doing it, y'all. You can you can read in the post that they are nervous as fuck. This is a big deal for them to put their first picture of them up in, in this in this cosplay. And I will say for the most part, people have been very supportive, but the, I think the reason for that is because we've seen a lot of the other stuff, and it looks ugly. It looks ugly when somebody comes up there, and they're, they're, they're being vulnerable, and they don't get any support. Instead, they just get uh, overly critical people. That doesn't look right. You need to do this. You need to, dude, this is their first time even doing this shit. And it took a lot for them to do this. And here you are, guaranteeing they'll never do it again with your bullshit. Yeah. Like, hell, there's times where some of these people who are, again, professional actors are kind of nervous of filling a role because it's a big role. Or cosplayers are nervous. Like, even professional cosplayers Mm -hmm. get nervous when they're doing something new because... They don't know how it's going to come out. Again, you, you never know how it's going to come out. Right. You never know how it's going to be received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when your livelihood relies on other people approving of what you're doing. Right, 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 right. Unnecessarily cruel criticism is not good. If there's criticism and especially valid criticism, absolutely right. be like, hey, this is something that you could try working on. Next time. Yeah, next oh, time you do this, try, try to it's use It's like, it. hey, you know what? For your first attempt at a cosplay, that's great. Right, right. Next time, try this technique or try maybe doing this instead with that character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But something if you're just that's being helpful like, and constructive. Yeah. Know? Don't be just like, oh, you're you're an ugly piece of shit who should never play a character who looks like that. <laughs> right. Well, cool. Cool. okay, then I guess I'm just never going to go out of the house or something. You right. Know? <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, like I said, it's it's not to, to beat a dead horse about, but you guys really need to understand that all of this stuff is supposed to be fun. 
and the moment it loses that element of fun to it, you've actually harmed yourself. You'll be you'll be one of the only ones standing around reading, knowing about these characters. Like <laughs> that's it, because no one else wants to get involved. No one else wants to um, be part of a community of people that enjoy this shit. And like I said, speaking for myself, um, being around other people that appreciate the same stuff that I do has been a plus in my life. Because with all of the other fuckery that we got to deal with out here, knowing that I have a place I can go to completely escape that for a minute and and dive headfirst into these worlds, into these realities, into these fictional spaces and lose myself into it and actually get excited. The older you get, the less excited you are about shit. That's just that's just what it is. Yeah. Man. That's just what it is, you know? So for me to have this to still be excited about is a plus. And I don't want that's I don't want to involve myself with people who are so hair triggered. What you enjoy. Want. Yeah, like I that's this it's one of the reasons why um, I will avoid certain um, uh, reviews until I've played the game, until I've seen the movie. Because not just for spoilers, but I don't want their take on it fucking with, like, I don't want that rolling around in my head as I'm watching it. Any any legitimate um, criticisms I have should come from my experience with this. And I'm not that way with other things like product. I read product reviews before I buy shit and all that because to me that's that's a completely different thing. But when it comes to this, I want to experience it on my own. I'll spend the money, go to the movies, I'll spend the money, get the thing, play the game, and then find from it any value that I find from it. And if I think it's a complete, a complete piece of shit, then that's cool too. But to have other people just constantly like trying to ruin your excitement for something, no. And that's why even with, with this latest game, The Marvel's Adventure, I avoided any reviews until I played the game. So now when I read people's reviews or see videos based around that, um, it doesn't have an effect on me. I still enjoy the game. Even if I acknowledge some of the shortcomings that these people are blowing up out of proportion in my view, I'm still enjoying the game. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm involved with all of this for is to have those things to be excited about things to look forward to because on a regular basis, my life is pretty much maintaining uh, a living. You know what I mean? And my creativity stuff that I create as well as the, me being engaged in other people's creativity. That's the stuff I tend to look forward to, you know, so I don't want yeah. a bunch of assholes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, coming Ruining in. Ruining a few things you yeah. you still find joy in. Right, right. I can't I can't have that. And I, I strongly think if more people had just a bit more empathy about the next person, and really, to be honest, you don't even need the empathy as much as you... This should be self-serving if you need it to be. You you should want this to, be, to stay fun because it's fun for you that way, you know? And if it's not fun for you, yo, stay the hell out of these groups. And say, if all you're in it for is that, we don't need you around for that. We don't need you around for that. But anyway, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Um, I post Moral of the story, don't be that person. Yo, don't be that guy. Don't. Don't. 
please. Um, I posted a picture of that uh, upcoming Spider-Man title on in the uh, Metas and Mutants uh, Facebook group. So go check that out. Let us know if that's something you're interested in, that you're going to be looking forward to that. I know me personally, I am. Um, that cover has the right energy for me. That's what I want to see. Him on the run, shit happening, him having to respond to it. More Spider-Man, you know, yeah, doing what Spider-Man's supposed to do. So um, go check that out. Um, we appreciate y'all for, once again, listening to the show. And uh, for my man, Super Saga, I am Tombstone the Dead Man. We are Metas and Mutants, and we are out. Peace. Peace.